One of my favorite things to do with dogs is to watch them figure out how to problem solve. I like watching them figure out how to navigate the world that we're asking them to live in and to have fun while doing it. At School for the Dogs, we specialize in selling enrichment toys for dogs. These are also sometimes called work-to-eat toys. They can help a dog refine their problem-solving abilities, can help them burn off physical and mental energy in a way that is not destructive, it can help slow down their eating, and it can also just help them enjoy themselves. I kind of think puzzle toys might be the canine equivalent of playing Fortnite or doing the crossword. Go for the Dogs' new Brainy Box is a monthly subscription box where every month we will send you one of our favorite canine enrichment toys along with one of our favorite types of treats. You will only receive things that have been vigorously tested by our staff and student body. Sign up today at schoolforthedogs.com slash brainybox. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your first month or your payment for the full first year when you use the code brainybox15. So I just watched the Netflix docuseries Bad Vegan, which is about the downfall of a restaurant called Pure Food and Wine. And this story, I thought, well, this this is a show I have to watch for a couple of reasons. One, Pure Food and Wine is on my block. Like, it's just around the corner from me. I could get there without crossing a street. And uh, I never dined there very much or went to its outpost, which was called One Lucky Duck, uh, because it was very expensive. And I always sort of thought one day when I make a lot more money, I will eat here all the time. Uh, But then it closed. They specialized in this really interesting and uh, tasty raw vegan food, like gourmet vegan food, but not just vegan, but uncooked. And uh, the couple times I did go, it was pretty fabulous. I was also interested because the story is specifically about uh, the owner, Sarma Melangelis. I actually interviewed her and her former business and romantic partner, Matthew Kenny, uh, 15 or so years ago uh, when I was writing about restaurants for the New York Post. So I wouldn't say I knew her, but I had met her, I'd been there, I'd eaten there, it's around the block. I was pretty much dying to watch it for all these reasons. Uh, Sign me up. So totally binged watched this show. Also, it's a story about, uh, I guess you could say a con man or uh, someone entering a cult of a cult leader's world, although in this case it was just really one person in this cult. Now, I should say, I really like stories about cult leaders and con men, I realize. Like, in the world of true crime, those are the things I gravitate to. Um, Sometimes uh, there is murder and other kinds of unsavory crimes involved as well, Uh, but that is not the stuff that I'm interested in. I have talked about some of these shows that I've watched in the past and things that I like. I mean, this is why I've talked about, oh gosh, I don't know, um, The Vow and um, The Unabomber, Dirty John, 
I actually interviewed Tara from Dirty John on the show. Even they, even uh, I talked about the musical The Music Man, which is the story of a con man. And I think the reason that um, I find these kinds of stories interesting is because they're about people who are really good at manipulating behavior to get what they want, money, power, etc. Now, I think you don't have to go find sociopaths in order to find people who are experimenting with manipulating people uh, using what they know about uh, punishment and reinforcement. Just look at... uh, user interface development, anything where there's A-B testing or programming artificial intelligence, or look at how advertisers are manipulating our emotions and our behaviors all the time. Uh, John Watson, who is considered by most to be the founder of behaviorism, but the sociopathic cult leaders in these shows are particularly good at getting behaviors from people using like the least good dog training (laughs) methods possible. They're tending to use a lot of coercion, which is kind of the opposite of positive reinforcement. It is technically negative reinforcement if what you're doing is saying, hey, you need to do X, Y, or Z behavior uh, or else something bad is going to happen, um, or else I'm going to take something away from you. Um, that is coercion and, technically speaking, negative reinforcement, which, um, as I've talked about before, is kind of um, in, in a diagonal. If you're thinking about operant conditioning in terms of quadrants, um, positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement, positive punishment, negative punishment, Uh, positive punishment where you're adding something to the equation in order to discourage a behavior uh, tends to go hand in hand with negative reinforcement. Although I would say that most con men uh, that I have watched these, uh, (laughs) that I've been watched shows about, or most cult leaders um, that I have learned about, um, do truly use all four quadrants as uh, trainers sometimes say, especially balanced trainers. And I truly believe we are all potential victims. I, I think that these kinds of stories can remind us that behavior, animal behavior in general, um, can be manipulated and is manipulated. And uh, poor you, if you are in the path of a sociopathic narcissist who um, has figured out how to manipulate you. So another thing that I I thought would be so interesting about watching Bad Vegan, this is before I I watched it, was that the the villain, uh, her boyfriend, then husband, who is obese and unhealthy and um, very much the opposite of Sarma, who is uh, very petite and healthy. He figures out that the reward 
that he could dangle in front of her to get her to do things was that he could make her dog immortal. (laughs) And it had something to do with him being uh, like some sort of alien being in the body of a man and that he had the power uh, to also have the dog and Sarma join his, I don't know, Martian world uh, for eternity. Now, I don't know what his methods to cause dog immortality were, but you know how I was saying that I think we all could be victims to people like this? Probably if someone was going to try to con me, making a good case that they could make my dog live forever uh, would be appealing to me. So I thought, okay, you know, she and I, if we're talking about, you know, what's rewarding, I could see how that could be rewarding to me. And of course, once he promised it to her, it was then something that he could also take away in order to coerce her behavior. And uh, uh, very much like in the vow, he takes a lot of collateral from her in the vow. Uh, Keith Verneri of the, the cult Nexium uh, gets collateral from uh, the women followers by having them send evidence of things of that people in their family have done, true or not, and naked pictures of themselves, and, and holding on to these things that he could use to reinforce or punish behaviors, because uh, he had this thing that they didn't want others to see with Sarma, uh, the her husband takes all this money from her and gets her to take money from other people and to take money out of her restaurant and talks about always how he's just shelving the money just sort of holding it as collateral as proof of her of her devotion so i watched the series and thought i would have lots to say about it um but in the end i actually had only two two real thoughts at least thoughts worth sharing one was uh, about how the guy whose name is Shane Fox or Anthony Strangest, I think is his real name, how he builds trust in the beginning. Sarma is friends with Alec Baldwin in real life. And in Twitter life, Alec Baldwin became friends with this guy, Shane Fox, and they had like funny banter going. And that connection that this guy had with her friend helped her feel good about him long before they actually met, uh, made her feel like he must be someone who is a trustworthy person because he is palsy-walsy with my friend. And I was listening to a, a podcast that actually two of the people from The Vow do called Culty, where they interviewed Sarma about that, about the whole thing. And she is talking about that element of, of how she developed trust in the guy. And they were all three of the people doing the podcast were kind of like, oh, isn't that interesting as like a technique? And I thought, not really. I mean, that's 
done all the time. Actually, also another story that I watched recently, um, also on Netflix, uh, Inventing Anna, also about uh, someone running a con. She dresses in fine clothing and drops $100 bills like they're nothing and stays at fancy hotels. And, you know, again, these are something someone does in order to encourage people to think that she is trustworthy. But in smaller ways, we are doing that kind of thing all the time. People wear uniforms in order to help you understand uh, that they are aligned with a, a brand or a company or that they are trustworthy, right? Like at the Clinique makeup counters, they all wear white coats, like as if that makes them sort of doctor-like. It must work. They wouldn't do it if it didn't work to make us feel the feelings we <laughs> associate with white coats. Anyway, it doesn't take a lot to see all the things people do to align themselves with um, people, brands, things, or whatever that help establish uh, trust. And that's just taking advantage of the fact that people learn by association, just like dogs are always learning by association. And what's funny, or what struck me as interesting, thinking about the the dog training aspects of, of this story, or, or the dog training aspects of any of these these con artist stories is the way in which people often say dogs don't generalize very well. That's sort of a common refrain as if explaining away uh, why a dog who, for example, has been hit by a cane might become scared of umbrellas or scared of anyone uh, raising their hand as um, the fault of the dog's inability to note the key differences in the situation and their tendency to overgeneralize. I think it tends to get pegged as some weird canine tendency. Whatever. Of course, it doesn't even have to be related to something relating to fear. Our, our client Rudy, a shepherd mix, used to try and herd men on bicycles and because many of the men on bikes in his neighborhood were food delivery men he started to eventually try and herd anyone who was carrying a bag that looked like a food delivery bag and many trainers in the world have said and will say and do say well dogs don't generalize very well because they make these kinds of broad associations but Man, humans sure make those kinds of associations, too. That's what stereotyping is all about and certainly could lead people to feel warm and fuzzy about someone that actually is just a clever and conniving narcissistic sociopath. Now, if you are choosing to manipulate your dog's emotions in order to get good behavior that is much less evil and nefarious than uh, trying to do that with people in order to pad your pockets. And the good news is it's something you can do 
with a hot dog or some cheese or any other treat that you can shove in a treat pouch or in your pocket. And if you need help understanding why it might be a good idea to just tell your dog to be cute and shove a piece of hot dog in her mouth when a child is approaching rather than asking the dog to do any number of tricks. Remember Anna Delvey of the show Inventing Anna and based on the real person Anna Sorokina aka Anna Delvey who went around giving people $100 bills for doing basically nothing for her. The guy bringing her coffee to the room or her package to the room of her hotel got a $100 bill. The coat check got a $100 bill. They were doing jobs, sure, but they were doing jobs that they would be doing anyway and would be doing for probably no tip at all. I'm sure they often don't get tipped at all. She was more or less telling them, hey, be cute. Good job. Here's your reward. She wasn't asking them to stay late or write an essay or do backflips. Her criteria was incredibly low and by having that low criteria, rather than focusing on training specific behaviors from people or having them do specific jobs for her, she was training people to like her and believe in her and uh, believe her, her BS. And in the end, vouch for her and give her money. But here's, here's the part of, of bad vegan that perhaps surprisingly got to me the most. This is Sarma Melangelis talking about Shane Fox when they first met and Leon is her dog. He looked like one of those defensive football players that they're really like strong and muscular, but also like there's extra weight there. So it seemed shallow of me to be judgmental for that. So I wanted him to be this big strong guy that was going to come in my life, this guy who understood me, who seemed to understand me really well, who seemed to understand my, you know, my goals and motivations and fears and frustrations. And Leon really liked him. I think somehow because Leon really liked him, I thought, okay, well, he must be okay. This must be for real. So here's what drives me nuts about this. We cannot expect our dogs to know who is a good person. (laughs) Now, I assume this is a lesson Sarma has learned at this point, but we cannot expect our pets to be good judges of character. Now, this is just my opinion. I don't know if something as subjective as character and a dog's ability to read it uh, is something that could be studied in any kind of lab lab setting. I'm not a scientist. But I do think that dogs' worlds are a lot more defined than ours, and the structure of our relationship puts us in a place where we're controlling all the things they want. I mean, it just seems to me, if someone's a master manipulator that could get you to lose the business you've devoted your life to and if someone can get you to do that plus extort how many millions of dollars like this woman did 
Someone who's able to manipulate someone like that? Probably a pretty effective dog trainer. As always, thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, make sure to rate and review wherever you listen. And if you're on Instagram, make sure to follow us there, at School for the Dogs.